Does it bother you a little bit that you're not number one? <laughs> I wondered about You're so that. close. Yeah, I wondered about so that. close. So close. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. This place is big time. Welcome to the Digital Conference. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now is one of the newest big-time fan commits. His name is Robbie Triano. He is a Sirius XM Big 12 producer. But again, Robbie, now you're part of BYU fandom and and you're in the fold you had a lot of options here in the big 12 and from your you know big 12 producer standpoint to choose a new program why did you ultimately pick BYU well Spencer and Jason first of all thank you for having me on and why did I pick BYU well as a recruit a fan recruit I would say a five-star fan recruit (laughs) there's five or four reasons why I wanted to pick one of these four big 12 schools and the first is history and brand Who has a better history and a brand than BYU? You can go back downtime. When you talk about college football, BYU's name kind of has to be in there with their amazing quarterbacks, how they kind of revolutionized modern offenses today way back then. And just when you look at the BYU brand, no offense to the other three schools, but when you show the logo, you show the uniform, you talk about BYU, that brand is better than the other three. Second, culture. I would suit up today to play for Kalani Sataki. <laughs> I want to hit someone right now. I feel like their culture, I want to play offensive lineman, even though I'm a 6'2", 180, you know, person. I, I will put on the mask to go play for Kalani Sataki. Three, the location. I mean, I haven't been to Provo, but if I, like all the pictures I've seen from in the stadium, the mountains, I'm a big hiker. That's where I want to be. And four, the thing that I think got me the most, the fans of BYU are just incredible i didn't even think i was going to pick byu but as soon as i posted i'm deciding they flooded me they are an incredible (laughs) group of people i think the enter the big 12 is potentially one of the best fan bases and that's saying a lot because like me working in the big 12 for the past four or five years we have awesome fan bases here so for byu to be among the elite it made a very easy decision i'm going to be rooting so hard for kalani sataki (laughs) and the cougars this season okay so so robbie we want to make sure that this commitment is firm because you know the transfer portal is all the rage you're not going to (laughs) like hop into the transfer portal are you no it is not flip miss i am not entering the portal it is i i am firm it is a verbal i am 1000 percent committed as every single commitment graphic says 1000 percent. i love it You're 10 co- toes down yeah. with byu is that is that what <laughs> yes. we're saying 100 percent. i don't even know what that means but i want some cougar tail as well i do want that that was also number five i need some cougar tail. you gotta get robbie to provo oh to yeah game of Edwards stadium yeah, are you gonna come out now now that you're on the you're not you know you're a fan recruit are you gonna make a trip out here are you serious xm gonna gonna send you out this way because of this i'm going to twist every boss manager executive to get me to go out there and even if they don't send me which would be a a shame if they didn't send me but i will be heading out there just because you know i want to actually see these new environments in the big 12. i know what most of the uh, the schools offer here that have been here before i know what those fan bases are i want to go see a game there and when they played baylor last year 
And I tuned on. I'm like, I know what BYU is, but I, I'm not necessarily watching them very often unless they're in a major marquee game. That was a game I was like, I will give everything to be in that environment. And I'm happy all the Baylor fans who came back and talked to me about it. They said it was one of the best environments they've ever been to. I want to be there. So, yes, I will be making that trip. Outstanding. Robbie Triano is a Sirius XM Big 12 producer. He is officially 100%, 10 toes down, whatever that means, Jason Shepard, <laughs> a fan of BYU. Let's go rewind a little bit, and, and, and this is a fun thing you wanted to do. You, you threw it out on social media. At, at what point did you realize, like, holy cow, like this little stunt I pulled on Twitter is becoming like a phenomenon of sorts? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. My goal of it was to just, like, you know, get the new schools, like, in, excited about, you know, I work for SiriusXM Big 12 Radio. I just want to like get a feel about like these uncharted places that I don't know yet. I have a great feel for the rest of the schools. I want to get an online presence to see like, okay, what are, what am I working with Twitter wise? And what are we doing online wise? And when I put it out there, it blew up. I was getting people DMing me. I was getting people saying, you have to come to Houston. I was getting people like, you have to come to, to UCF and go in the bounce house. I had everybody courting me somewhat. But what really got me was the Cincinnati Bearcat. He started <laughs> tweeting me. And that's when I knew I'm living in a bizarro world. Like, what am I doing? Like, that's where I was really questioning, like, what exactly I was doing. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I didn't expect it to blow up like that. But when I picked BYU, that's really cemented because BYU fans were just overjoyed. I didn't even know, like, that it would get this large. I had the AD reaching out to me, Tom reaching out. And I was like, what is going on? He says, your letter of intent is coming. I was like, well, what's happening? I just put out a tweet. So no, it was, it was amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of this family now. And just, I will say the fan base is incredibly strong online and I can't imagine what they're like in person. So what were some of the other specific pitches that you got from some of the other schools? So a two-part question, that, what were some of the other pitches? And then in terms of Cincinnati, how many of the pitches were Skyline Chili related? It was only Skyline Chili. I think that was the only thing that they could really offer me. Obviously, I'm not getting name, image, and likeness deals. That would be nice as a fan, uh, but I not. Get, but it was really just a lot of Skyline Chili. And for Houston, it was a lot of Red Bull with Dana Holgerson. They were offering me mm -hmm. Red Bull for that. And UCF, they were basically giving me tickets to Disney World. They said, oh, we're right by Orlando. You can go see all the amusement parks. Um, but the strongest offer was BYU, just for that sweet, sweet taste of potentially one day getting some cougar tail. I want that so bad. It wasn't even on my radar until like I posted it. I had no idea what cougar tail was. Now I've had dreams about cougar yeah. tail waking up. I'm going to like make my DIY like uh, do-it-yourself recipe back home. Who doesn't want a two-foot-long maple bar, Robbie? Come on, let's let's go. Can you eat that in one sitting, though? That's what I'm saying. Can, can oh, one yeah. person eat that in one sitting? Oh, yeah. You feel it after, but you can do it. It. You get very sick, <laughs> but yes, it, it can be. I've seen it done several times, and I've I'm going to Joey Chestnut it. I'm going to get it and then eat it in ten minutes. Hey, see, you need to you need to get the you need to get the cougar tail and then wash it down with some delicious BYU Creamery chocolate chocolate milk. milk. Yes, very famous for the this chocolate milk thing? too. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. What? Oh yeah. BYU Creamery. I'm They're, on ice left cream. And right. They're on ice cream. Their own ranch dressing. Their own chocolate milk. We got it all, Robbie. This cemented everything. I'm not only am I 100%, 1,000% committed, I might just move to Provo now. This seems incredible. <laughs> I love it. Uh, as we've stated, you've been working with the Big 12, uh, I think you said four years now, as a SiriusXM Big 12 uh, radio producer. You see BYU coming, and Jason and I were just uh, talking about 
BYU being picked to finish 11th. And the conference, I mean, outside of Texas on paper, it feels like it's wide open. The Longhorns are the heavy favorite. Outside of that, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think of BYU in year one of the Big 12? And what, what are your expectations having dived into what they do, Kalani Satake, his staff changes, all the things that they're going to bring into the conference? Yeah, and the thing about BYU, I rate them a little bit higher. I had them ninth in my poll, which isn't too much. But the thing is, everything is such an unknown for the new four schools. And I really think that reflected in the poll. We know so much, and I voted in the poll as well. Like, we know so much about the other 10 schools. And I think we have a lot of homework still to do about the next four schools. And I really think we're going to find out as soon as, you know, play starts. But what BYU, I think, has the advantage over most of them is because they play power five talent and power five teams, especially in the Pac-12. You played Baylor last year. You play them more consistently than these other schools. I understand Cincinnati played in a college football playoff game. Understand UCF has that Florida base, and they're also playing other schools. Houston has a great recruiting base. But I really do think BYU has the advantage because they have that experience. And I really do think, I, I've, I hear this a lot, they have older players, more physical players. Kalani Satake, he, he, he instills that culture of being tough. They love to run the football in this league. And I do think a player that I voted newcomer of the year is Keaton Slovis. Mm. I understand people will, will bag on him because he transfers and he's gone to multiple different places. I really do think this is going to be a great fit for him and one that we can be saying, oh, is that an NFL type of quarterback? Maybe not a starter, but a quarterback that we can see on an NFL roster, having long success in the year, being on multiple teams. And I really do think he gives them an experience they need immediately in the Big 12. You look at Houston. Who is their starting quarterback right now? Donovan Smith, who has some experience at Texas Tech, but he's not a seasoned veteran like at most of the other, other schools. Like That is an advantage that BYU has, and I think the experience, the, 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 the amount of talent that they have and the amount of experience they have playing Power 5 schools is really what's going to set them apart early on. What do you make of this conference this year? It's obviously you have the four schools coming in, and so there's all of the talk about that. Obviously, it's the final year for Texas and Oklahoma. How crazy could this conference season be? I, th I think it's going to be the most interesting conference in all of college football. It may not be the best because the SEC holds that crown and I think will continue to hold that crown. But I think every single Big 12 game this year is a must-watch TV. I think there are two teams right now that are ahead of everybody else. And that was reflected in the polls with Texas and Kansas State. I think right now the experience, the amount of talent they have back, and the level of coaching that they have yeah. kind of separates them from the rest of the league. TCU should be in there, but they've lost so much talent from that national championship runner-up team. So that's a team I don't really have. So from 3 to 14, I really think put them in a bag, mix them up. I have no idea what to have <laughs> with that. And that's where I think this league is so so interesting with that and I don't know if there's going to be a college football playoff contender. I don't know if there's going to be a national championship runner-up level of team in this conference. But I do think this is going to be a great year for the league as a whole in terms of interest, getting people involved. And I hope, I hope, I hope as a Big 12 fan that a team either beats Oklahoma or Texas in the final or neither of them make the Big 12 championship. Because if Oklahoma or Texas either make 
the Big 12 championship and win it, or they both play each other, that is a worst case scenario for the Big 12. So root, root, root for that to not happen. All right. Well stated. Robbie Triano with us on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, uh, we, we just got uh, something into the studio here. We have, we have a bottle of the BYU Creamery Reduced Fat Reduced Chocolate Milk. Fat Chocolate Milk. This, we will have, and not, obviously not a, a half-empty one, we will have a full bottle of this, <laughs> as well as a cougar tail uh, and uh, some BYU Creamery Ranch dressing. Anything you want when you come out, it's yours, okay? Is there a way you can fax that to me, like, right now so I can drink it? Also, the fact that you said ranch. Ranch dressing is my favorite condiment in the world Let's as a go. Midwesterner. So this is... It's like this right now. We are like this. Made right amazing. here on campus, Robbie. It's cohesion. Right here. This is cohesion, my friend. Oh, my God. I need to get there now. I might just book a flight. I might just skip Big 12 Media Days and just go there while everybody else is at Media Days. I love it. Hey, uh, speaking of that, uh, are we going to see you in Dallas? Are you going to be there? Sadly not. I will be behind the scenes, but we are locked and loaded. It is going to be an amazing event. Channel 375 on Sirius XM and on College Sports Radio Channel 84. Tune in. You'll hear every player, every coach. It is incredible, and I cannot wait, and I'm so jealous because the BYU t- people like said, are you going to be there? And I said no, and they said, oh, we had Cougar Tail. Yes. And I almost flipped my desk because I was, <laughs> I was so sad I was missing it. But I will be behind the scenes, and it's a great event. Hey, we're just building the anticipation for the inevitable visit to Provo, man. (laughs) Hey, Robbie, have you received any BYU Sports Nation? Have you received a swag box by chance? I have not. Okay, um, we're going to have to make. We're going to have to change that. that. Yeah, we're going to have to change that. That's something we can control, Robbie. That we can control. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. I am. I am in. I'm hundred percent committed to wearing your merch. (laughs) If I knew that the milk and the ranch dressing would last during the shipping (laughs) process. Uh, I would send it too, but it probably wouldn't. I'll even drink it spoiled. I don't care. Send it. <laughs> hey, Robbie, it's great to have you on BYU Sports Station, man. Uh, welcome again to the fan base, to the fold of BYU fandom. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Go Cougs. Go you, Cougs. you got Here it. Here we go. Thanks, Robbie. Oh, that was, a, that was a fun interview. Uh, based out of Chicago, like you said, um, been covering the, the Big 12 for a number of years. I would love to have met him down there. It's, it's sad he's not going to be down there. No, it's, it's going to happen. At some oh, point. it'll happen. At it's going to happen. He's going to get his swag box. He's moving here, apparently. He's going to move here. <laughs> Probably going to move just over on the other side of night. That way he's close to the creamery. Everyone works remotely these days, except for us. We come to the studio. But a lot of people work remotely. Let's let's have Robbie live in Utah, and he can do his stuff from Salt Lake City or Provo, whatever. Fine with that. Fine, man. Move up to Park City. Go wherever he wants. Wherever you want. Wherever he wants. Right next to the creamery. That's right. All right. If you missed any interviews, deep blues, shows, or games, you can always find them on BYUSN.com, or you can download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. And did we witness one of the greatest shots in Jimmer Fredette's professional career over the weekend? Or just his basketball career in general? This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Wow, what a story this is! From falling to the finish and a national championship! What a story! Kenneth Rooks! Indeed. 
What a story. And welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with that fabulous introduction alongside Jason Shepard. I'm Spencer Linton. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. And Jason, typically I kind of lead us into uh, some of the unusual stats, but I'd like to give you that opportunity well, thank today. you very much. Yeah. Let's get to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Kenneth Rooks is the first collegian to yeah. capture gold in the 3,000-meter steeplechase at the USA Championships since 1991. That's unbelievable. It gets better. The more you look into this, the results and everything we saw, it just gets better. It's unbelievable. Again, so with that video and that stat of the day given to us by Shep, we now welcome in the man of the hour, the man of the day, the man of the week, the month, the year maybe for BYU Athletics. Kenneth Rooks is joining us live on BYU Sports Nation once again, still repping the Y, still rocking that BYU SN karma. Kenneth, congratulations again on an unbelievable race. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's, it's been an exciting weekend. Yeah, let's sum it up. What has your weekend been like with uh, all of the love pouring in through social media and text messages and phone calls? You know, it's it's been uh, honestly I, I kind of amazing. I don't know exactly how to describe the weekend other than I'm grateful for the uh, you know, the support that I've received. Uh, the expressions of gratitude people have shared and uh, the congratulations they've been giving me. Uh, it's its just been, I, I'm just so grateful for so happy um, everyone is for me and I'm so grateful for how well the race went um, with just the challenges I faced in the race with the fall and um, it's just, it's a, it's a weekend that I'm going to remember for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. I have to imagine, Kenneth, that beyond anything physical, the mental part of trying to bounce back after the fall and it happening so early, that could have completely derailed everything that you had prepared for, yet it didn't. Take us through mentally how you overcame that. Yeah, so interestingly, um, I don't know exactly why I did this. Maybe I... Uh, maybe it was because I, I fell in a workout in practice a few weeks ago and I knew that uh, sometimes in the steeplechase things can happen that you can't control. Uh, I fell in this race and the person in front of me kind of stumbled really hard and made it difficult for me to you know, get my bearings on the hurdle and I, I just wasn't able to get over it and I, I fell. And so things happen that you can't control. Uh, I felt like I should have some sort of a plan just in case that happened. Um, I guess the Lord was looking out for me, helping me prepare. Uh, And so I had a plan in place that uh, if I fell, I just would get up and just work my way slowly uh, to, to get back to the pack because a quick burst of energy afterward to try and catch back up right away might've burnt me out. Um, But (laughs) To be able to have uh, the presence of mind to stay present in that moment uh, was really special. Um, I think just having that plan beforehand helped me just make that decision uh, fairly quickly after I got up. But definitely in my mind, when I first went down, I was just thinking, oh, crap, Uh, this is, I guess, uh, I I guess this is where we're at right now. And uh, (laughs) is my race done? 
And then I got back up and I decided to like, okay, well, I'm just going to just keep going and see uh, however many people I can catch. Cause one of my focuses in this race uh, was I wanted to make sure that I left everything out on the track, even if uh, the race didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Um, so I, I just got up and started going and, and I was able to reattach myself to the pack and I did a lot better than I was expecting. Uh, even at, even with the fall, I think that last, uh, that last 150 meters when I was driving to the finish, I think my mouth was wide open, like the last hundred <laughs> meters, partially because I was trying to get some air, but partially because I was just like, holy, holy cow. Like I'm actually, I'm actually winning this thing. How is this happening? And, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of my, uh, my mind in the race. I also had a, actually, I, I didn't think about this beforehand, but when I first fell, like Henry Marsh's name came into my mind right away. Cause he used to, um, actually just go out just at the back of the pack at the beginning of the races and just slowly move his way up and just run his own pace and within himself. And so that's, that also came into my mind too, um, that I needed to run a little bit like Henry Marsh. He is an NCAA national champion, a United States track and field national champion, the best steeplechaser in the world for, we think, okay? We're just, we're just making the world, okay, Kenneth? I know you got things to accomplish still, but in our BYU world, you are number one. Incredible stuff. Now, let, let me retrace something you said. You had a plan in place if you fell, because you fell in training. It's like, so in a weird way, was that frustrating moment the best thing that ever could have happened to you in that practice run for you to fall? Um, I, th I think so. Um, like I said, maybe, maybe the Lord was preparing me, um, for this, for this, for this moment. Uh, you know, it's sometimes I think falling, you may just think, well, okay, I fell, just got to get back up, get onto the next one. And, uh, that's, I mean, that mindset, um, is kind of what I brought into the race with me is just, I just had to pick myself back, back up and just, just move forward, not worry about it. Um, just, yeah, how, it definitely betrayed me. Kenneth, how important was that last water jump for you in order to be able to ultimately win? Because you nailed the last water jump. <laughs> Yeah, that last water jump and, and that last hurdle were really important. I, I actually, with about um, 250 meters to go, um, I was I was moving uh, with with the guys, and I started to get really tired, and I was starting to think, oh no, I'm starting to get starting to tighten up here a little bit. Um, but being able to get around, get that last water jump, just gave me that burst to get around, move up into second from fourth. And, um, I, I think I got maybe a little bit of energy from the crowd there. Um, uh, just cause, cause the crowd was just roaring, uh, at that point. And, uh, I just got a little bit of extra energy to just stay focused, get a really good last water jump, get a really good last hurdle. If I, if, if I didn't get, um, those, if, if my water jump or my, um, my last hurdle were not as good, I probably wouldn't have won that race. So. 
it was it was really important. Hey, I'm finishing I, there. I know we were giving you a hard time about uh, your low key celebration when you won the NCAA title. I thought this celebration was fantastic. The the dual arms over. I thought I thought that improved. Kenneth, how'd you feel about that? Oh, I felt I felt good about it. I, I think that um, I was just a little bit more uh, emotional about this one just because of uh, the I came back from from the fall uh, and I just really couldn't really contain my extra excitement. <laughs> I mean, I was excited winning, winning nationals as well, but uh, it was it was a little bit cooler uh, winning USA's after falling. Oh, uh, yeah, for uh, sure. Like I did in the. You you understand that you've become like a life lesson in church and school and just for all athletes. Yeah, you're going to be like, used you, as you, an example for a lot of things. You, moving you know yeah. what you've done, right? <laughs> yeah, I I think I know what I've done. I mean, people have been talking to me about it too. Uh, and I I mean, after the race, I did. Uh, you get to do a little victory lap for the top three people and. Uh, just everybody who's going around uh, was telling me congratulations and uh, how impressed they were and what kind of life lessons it can teach and just being expressing their gratitude to me for that and congratulations. It took me so long to get around the edge of the for my victory lap because everybody was <laughs> taking pictures and congratulating me and um, I had some I, there were some you know track coaches who were there like I'm gonna show my athletes a video of this race and so i i think i recognized pretty soon after the race kind of what that meant in in that uh, bigger picture kind of a thing and how inspirational that can be and yeah i mean people texting me and text me the same thing as well and <laughs> coaches been talking the same thing it's All pretty right. cool so so what's next we i mean olympics like where where are we at with this well uh i just uh, basically qualified for the world championships. That's next. World championships is in August. Um, still figuring out uh, everything that will happen between now and then. My coach and I have talked about our training plan. We have a plan uh, moving forward. Then uh, right now, uh, I'm currently planning to come back and run cross country in the fall. Uh, and I mean, that's that's what the plan is right now, at least. And um, that's what's next for me. And then we'll build up uh, for the Olympic trials next year. Uh, I got a really good shot considering I, I won this year. Indeed, Indeed yeah. you do. Champs. Understatement there, <laughs> Kenneth. <laughs> Indeed you yeah, do. It's, yeah, it's a little bit of an <laughs> Now, just uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The world championships are in Budapest, right? Yes. Okay. Budapest. Hey, let's let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Keep that rolling into Budapest, Hungary, and uh, we're spoiled, man. Your, your plan is to come back and run at BYU as uh, the United States national champion. That's incredible. Uh, we're so stoked for you. Can't wait to talk to you again. We are definitely watching closely. Kenneth, thanks for uh, the time and your busy schedule. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Kenneth. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Listen. What, what else can he do? What else can he do as a collegiate athlete in his sport that hasn't been done other than winning a world championship? Yeah, I'm going to assume, like, I don't know this for a fact, I'm just going <laughs> to take a shot in the dark, that Kenneth Rook's name was probably mentioned during several lessons yesterday <laughs> at church. <laughs> Agree or disagree? Well, 100%. 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. What a, what a great story. 
And I, I love the fact that you had guys like RG3 that were coming out and talking about him and how great it was and all of the national, you know, you, you had all the national companies, whether it was obviously NBC was going to do that, but, you know, everybody was talking about Kenneth Rooks over the weekend. It was a national story. And the, the yeah. never give up attitude. Fantastic. Love that. So cool. All right. Is Kenneth's win the single greatest accomplishment for a Cougar in recent memory? Maybe ever in your mind? We'll discuss next. This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Thought that guy in the mustache was Jacob Wilk, from the BYU baseball team at first. <laughs> Follow BYU Sports Nation on social Quite a media scene right there. for content <clears throat> throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back, everyone, to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jason. Let's roll out today's headlines. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We've been talking about it. Kenneth Rooks wins the national championship at USA Nationals. After falling, Rooks won the 3,000-meter steeplechase with the time of 8.16.78. BYU's Courtney Wayment, also participating, placed third in the women's steeplechase final with a time of 9.14.63. Congratulations. Hey, it's what we do. We send steeplechasers or steeplers to the world championships. BYU football picked to finish 11th in the Big 12 media poll. Cougars had that news released to them on Thursday, received 318 votes. Texas was picked to finish first. The Cougars are second out of the new four teams. UCF is the highest at number eight. Again, BYU Sports Station will be live at Big 12 media days in Arlington with tons of coverage, extensive coverage, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And coming up, or coming out about an hour and a half ago, women's volleyball picked to finish second in the preseason Big 12 preseason poll. The Texas Longhorns were picked first in the Big 12. BYU women's soccer and head coach Jen Rockwood have promoted Brent Anderson from assistant coach to associate head coach for the team in, as they move into the Big 12. Tasha Bell has been hired as a new assistant coach for BYU women's soccer as well. On the professional side, Ashley Hatch scored on the penalty kick in the 23rd minute of a 2-2 draw for the Washington Spirit against San Diego. Hatch's eighth goal of the season. Men's golf adds former Cal Bear Simon Kwan, who will have two years of eligibility left to play at BYU. Kwan is the current Utah State amateur champion. He attended Skyline High School in Salt Lake City. Also, former BYU golfer Peter Quest ties for 17th in the John Deere Classic Tournament. Quest secures temporary PGA Tour membership. Well done. Two weeks ago, he had no status whatsoever. Now he's uh, pretty good for the rest of the season. Incredible run for Peter Quest. Women's tennis picks up a transfer from West Virginia. Kendall Kovic, who was originally from Las Vegas, started in Morgantown. Now she moves to another Big 12 school in Provo. As a freshman with the Mountaineers, Kovic took the number one single spot on the roster with a 24 and 37 record. She spent much of the season in the number two double spot and was one of five women on the team to post 20 plus wins on the season. Men's volleyball signing an outside hitter from Pleasant View, Utah, that being Tennyson Lighthall. Lighthall will return after his mission in Melbourne, Australia, and be ready to play in 2026. Jimmer Fredette back doing his thing. Professional basketball three on three in the world tour. He played in the FIBA Macau Masters. 
His Miami team finished sixth after losing to Ulaanbaatar, a Mongolian team. Jimmer and his team will compete next in Bordeaux, France on July 21st. Those are the headlines. Now we opinionate in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, you just talked about Jimmer. Uh, where does this shot rank in the all-time Jimmer shots? Well, I, we're watching it right now. Like the spin, the fadeaway, the three. The bank, gets, the, bank the bank is open. Yeah. Yes. Uh, friendly banking hours on the weekend, apparently. Uh, it's it's pretty good, Jason. But the bank, I don't. Jimmer's so good and so accurate. I don't. I don't think he called bank. So it was fun. But still, the iconic shot for me is the one that was on the Sports Illustrated cover. The cover that you see from the floor up. Yes. Yeah. That or the one over Billy Whitey at San Diego State. The crossover step back three, like, just lit the Marriott Center on fire. I'm also very, very uh, fond of the half-court shot at Ooh, the Huntsman yeah. Center. Yeah, against yes. Utah. Great pull. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. that's kind of mine. The half-court shot to yeah. secure a 32-point half. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. long-distance three against Florida in the Sweet 16. Yeah. There's a like, lot there's to choose so from. so many. Yeah, half-court shot might be it. Major League Baseball draft started yesterday. Big first-round picks going off the board. Do you expect any BYU baseball player to be drafted at any point in the 20-round draft? Um, not expecting it, but I'm hopeful. Like, obviously, the guy you immediately go to is Austin Deming. He was amazing. Triple, triple crown winner in the, in the yes. WCC. Uh, so I, I I hope he gets a shot because I think he's pro potential. Absolutely, it's it's Austin or bust. I think. Yeah. Like it, I don't think anybody else is is going to go in twenty rounds. The draft the draft has been short. Yeah, it used to be it used to be forty, and so yeah, it's been cut in half. Yeah, it's been cut in half. Austin's got the best shot. I hope it works out for him. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I'm expecting it though. I don't know. Maybe. Do they still lean on the, ah, oh, he's old, he's, he went to BYU, he's a return missionary. Like, is that, that's still a factor for these guys. Oh, look, I know there were people looking in on him during the season. There's no question about that. He, Give him a shot. He, people people are aware of Austin Dimming. I hope somebody the will get him. The dude can rake yeah, at the plate. No Come on. Yep. Up next, a national champion that really has inspired the world with his most recent performance. He fell, he got back up, and he won. Kenneth Rooks joins us to talk about the United States championship run in the steeplechase. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, July 10th. I am Spencer Linton alongside what I am dubbing the original BYU to the Big 12 savant, Jason Shepard. I will allow it. I will allow it and I will enjoy it. <laughs> I will enjoy every moment of it. There are a few Twitter accounts that uh, have reference to that BYU to the Big 12. Yeah. It has me wondering, is that one of your burners, Jason? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to talk right to you. <laughs> I do not own a burner account. Okay. Okay. There is no burner account. Jason's on record. I'm on record. I do <laughs> look. I have enough time. It wastes too much time on my own account. I don't need multiple accounts to be able to waste time on. So yes. yeah, no burner accounts. Yeah. But I will take and accept your your OG Big Twelve yes. savant. Listen, moniker. when you were back at Kearns High School, okay. <laughs> Mid '90s, you were like BYU needs to be in the Big 12. Uh, look, I didn't even—I had no idea that it was a real thing, but I just had this prompting. 
Yes. You know, yes. tender mercy, if you will, <laughs> that it was going to happen, and it did. Oh, now BYU is, uh, what, 10 days officially into the Big 12? We're rolling out another big show today. Yes, indeed. The greatest BYU individual performance since dot, dot, dot. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. BYU football, as Spencer mentioned, picked 11th in the preseason media poll. Is that fair? We will debate. And Sirius XM producer Robbie Triano tells us why he's all aboard the BYU bandwagon. <laughs> that is going to be a fun interview. It's one of the more significant uh, commitments that BYU's fan uh, group has received. Like it's not, it, it's not getting the pub that maybe some <laughs> others, but it's just as important. Uh, with that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Congratulations, Cougar Nation. It's been a long time coming, and here we are. Officially going into the Big 12. What's Trending presented by Feast Box, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. We just mentioned lucky number 11. It is my favorite number for what it's worth, Jason. And I did call my shot on Thursday. I said BYU would be picked to finish 11th out of the 14 Big 12 football teams. But now that it's in writing and mm -hmm. it's done and the media has voted, do you feel like number 11 out of those 14 is ultimately fair for BYU football in year one. I guess it's fair in, in respect to where we expected them to be. I do not, when it's all said and done, believe BYU will finish. I believe they will finish higher okay. than where they are picked right How now. How much higher? Now, now that right, that's, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> okay. But I don't believe that BYU is going to finish 11th, 12th, 13th, or 14th. Do they move up? Do they finish ninth, eighth? I, I don't know. I just think that, and I think part of this is because they're one of the new guys. Now, I realize that UCF was, was picked a little higher, obviously, but I, I just feel like you weren't in all likelihood going to get a whole lot of juice right out of the gate in the preseason media poll if you're one of the new uh, additions. Sure. So it doesn't surprise me. But I, what will surprise me if this is where BYU finishes, because I fully expect them to finish higher than that. Where, I'm not sure. In thinking about it, I, I kind of feel like if BYU can be middle of the pack, and I've really been saying this for the last couple of months, even the last year once we realized this was a reality. If BYU can go in and be middle of the pack year one as a baseline, yeah. you're in really good shape. And then anything above that, like I think BYU is going to surprise people. I think this offense is really, really good. Jason, as cliche as, cliche as it sounds, BYU's right where they want to be. Right. They, I'm telling you, they are right where they want to be in the bottom half. I mean, closer to the very bottom than not, I think is exactly where they need their mindset to be. They want to go and prove that they are better than this. That said, it's a loaded conference. And I understand why the media did what they did. Here's what they're seeing. Oh, they just lost their quarterback to the NFL draft. They lost their best wide receiver to the NFL draft. They lost their best offensive lineman to the NFL draft. So there goes a ton of that offensive production. And their defense was ranked 109th right. out of 131 FBS teams last year. Okay. Now you take a step up in competition. Yeah, BYU is going to be picked to finish 
where they are, 11th. But you and I, being tied into the program the way we are, we're bought in on 20 guys from the transfer portal, yeah. and a handful of those being immediate contributors to help the team get better right away, including the quarterback and your running back. Two of your top and main positions, we think that BYU is going to take a nice step forward or at least maintain that offensive production. Look, and on the defensive side, we have not seen anything of, of note on the defensive side that you can really hang your hat on. But I have 100% confidence in what I have seen so far in what Jay Hill has brought to this defense from a mentality standpoint, and that's not even, it's, it's hearing the players who are out there practicing every day and are around yeah. this defensive staff. You hear it in their voices that yeah. there is a change. It is different. And so I'm buying in without seeing anything in terms of X's and O's on the defensive side of the football. I believe in what Jay Hill is selling to his, his players on that side of the football. Sometimes you just need a hard reset. Yeah. That's not to say that, you know, BYU didn't do some nice things under Elisa Tuiaki right. and with that staff. And certainly Elisa had a couple of seasons where the defense was opportunistic and created a lot of turnovers. And the drop eight was working, right, at, at times. But that's not – you just – you just need a hard reset sometimes. Sometimes you and, just and need that's a okay. change. So yes. there's excitement. There's an energy. Yes. Right? That, that is... And, and, let's, and that doesn't take away from the talent no. that is there. And you talked about some of the guys coming in. Obviously, the, the defensive front, BYU had a couple of guys coming in there. We obviously know in the secondary, linebacker has is, is always been a strong position for BYU historically. Yes. So you, you take the fact that they have a renewed enthusiasm and an attitude... And then you combine that with the talent that was coming back and then adding the talent through the transfer portal or through normal you know, recruiting yes. through the high school ranks or coming back from missions. I, I, just, I just find it hard to believe that when, when the dust settles at the end of the year, the BYU is going to be in, in the bottom three or four. I just, I just, right now, I'm not buying that. Sure. But it's going to be a hard sell for any national yes. member of the media. I, I totally get why they were picked sell. where they were. The analytics suggest, and if you want to look at Vegas insiders, they picked BYU to win essentially five games this season. ESPN FPI has BYU favored in three of 12 games. Bill Connolly's SP Plus is not favorable because of the lost production and the returning not great defense to BYU going out and shocking the Big 12. Uh, but the conference outside of Texas feels like it is pretty wide open. So I gave a three-game window last week where I thought, okay, best case, realistic best case scenario to like realistic worst case scenario. And I, I set that bar somewhere between five and nine, okay? Five and eight wins. Like realistic, okay? But... BYU could go and win eight games, Jason. They could win. They could go five and four in conference, or shoot, they could go six and three in the Big Twelve, right? And I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if BYU won six conference games, just like it wouldn't shock me if they won three conference games. Right. It's the the margin of error is so razor thin at the Power Five conference level. Like, you just need to have the ball bounce your way a few times uh, the right way, and you need to get it a little bit lucky. Uh, but we believe that they have enough skill and enough returning production and enough nice additions that 
they're going to win at least six games. Well, right? and it's, look, and I think they're going to finish middle of the pack. Yeah, that's that's where yeah, that's where I'm hoping. You know, and here, here's the thing, and we've talked about this, and I've I've harped on this, and it's not trying to set expectations low, but realize that as you said, this this is a jump up. Now, I do expect them to finish higher than 11th. I do. I will be surprised if they don't. But if they if they don't, this is a process. Fans should not be discouraged. It's it, you have to ramp up. And you can't expect day one to flip the switch sure. and immediately jump ahead five years because you've got to go through recruiting. You've got to go through finding right. out, okay, what works and what doesn't in this league. So there is going to be a learning process. Now, even with the learning process, I still think BYU ranks, at the end of the year, ranks higher than 11th. Okay. The but fans have to be okay with this being a process. Yeah. It's not just football. It's basketball. It's everything. This is new and exciting, and it's time to realize that it's, it is going to take some time, and that's okay. Sure. Uh, I think fans, they lean a little bit into the independence thing, helping BYU transition quicker. Yes. They don't want it to take five years. They might want it to take two, right. and they'll lean on that. Well, BYU's been independent. They've faced more similar Power 5 schedules. We'll see how that you all You know as well as I do, though, one loss, and we're going to hear that it's a sh <laughs> it, the, the program's in shambles. <laughs> you, you know we're going to hear it. Depends on how you lose. You know we're going to hear it. <laughs> The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. All right, moving on to topic number two, and I can't think of a topic that fits what's trending more than what is happening with Kenneth Rooks. This is unbelievable. His performance at the USA Nationals has been trending yes. after falling down and still winning the race. Guys like Danny Ainge, Mark Pope, and RG3 yep. have taken to social media to sing the praises of Rooks. So, Spencer, greatest individual performance by a BYU athlete since when? Or is it the greatest? Oh, man. I mean, Jason, like, we gotta, we got to think deeply here yeah. because this is a collegiate athlete who didn't just win the NCAA championship. He won the United States National Championship. In the matter of a month or so, won both. Uh, he's better right now, at least in that moment, at historic Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon, He's the best steepler in the country. Yeah. That's, and he's a junior at BYU. And as you mentioned in our stat of the day, uh, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to jump ahead of that. We're going we're gonna to roll that out okay. in about 20 minutes. Okay, Our stat of the day will, will show you why it is so special of what Kenneth Rooks did. So just, I mean, we were spitballing this morning. Like, what else has been done? Like, individually, it's so incredible. Mike Weir winning the Masters. Right. In 2000, going back three, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been 20 years. But like, that was an unbelievable pinnacle moment for a former BYU athlete, right? Uh, Jimmer Fredette comes to mind. Some of his incredible performances. Uh, he was amazing in the NCAA tournament. He yeah. was amazing in the Mountain West Conference tournament against New Mexico, and he dropped 52 points on only one free throw. Uh, but, but again, that like, how do you value that? Right against other college athletes compared to a college kid competing against pro athletes. Well, and like and another one that came to mind was was Tyler Algier and the and the punch against against ASU you fall down, the ball out. It's a mistake. Yes. You got to get up and you got to track it down. But even something like that seems to pale in comparison to what Kenneth Rooks just accomplished. And I I can't even imagine 
And especially because it happened so early in the race sure. that you fall down and everything mentally should be telling you, I'm done. Yeah. And it should, it should affect every part of the rest of your race, but it didn't. I can't, and he's gonna be on the show later. I can't wait to talk to him about this. I, but I, you, I just don't know what else compares to something on that stage. And, and honestly, maybe it is the Mike Weir at the Masters. Maybe that, because the Masters is so big and it's global, may, maybe that's the closest thing to it. But what Kenneth Rooks did over the weekend is, is on a tier of its own. It's, it's wild because how many amateurs have beaten pros in that type of race, in right. that magnitude of race? It just, it's very unique. Connor Mance going back-to-back, winning the national yep. championship in cross-country, that was amazing. So that's there. Steve Young throwing six touchdown passes to win the Super Bowl. Incredible. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's just so unique. Like, what else? What, what other accomplishment has happened where an amateur, a college athlete, right. has defeated pros on that stage for BYU? Yeah, I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Well, and the degree of difficulty with what happened. It's, it's not just that he won. It's the story behind it. Everything about that is the story. And, and you heard everybody hashtag never give up. You kept seeing that all weekend long on social media. Now, Kenneth Rooks is a life lesson. Yes, 100%. Church, school, athletics, every coach is going to utilize this example. I teach elders quorum in two weeks. I may have them come in and help me. <laughs> you get the point across, you know what I mean? <laughs> Our question of the day. Kenneth Rooks just pulled off the greatest individual performance by a BYU Cougar since? You fill in the blank. Adam Gibby on Twitter answers, as a track coach, I can honestly say that this is the most impressive performance I've ever seen. Uh, it's wild. Elite runners, he continues, get one adrenaline surge in a race, and falling and getting up takes that. Catching up and having a second kick is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> Logan White on Instagram adds, hard to think of anything that tops that, not just winning against pros, but doing it in such an incredible and inspiring yeah. way. It is, I can't think of another word. Just unique. Yeah, awe-inspiring. Just, it's just out there. It's unbelievable. Right? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. BYU Sports Nation hitting the road to Dallas, Texas for Big 12 Media Days this week. We'll have you covered with interviews with Kalani Satake, Keaton Slovis, Cody Epps, and a number of other head coaches and players from other Big 12 teams. Make sure to watch coming up this week, July 12th, 13th, and 14th at noon Eastern time on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, our biggest questions heading into Big 12 Football Media Days. We need your help. And following Austin Deming being drafted by the Astros yesterday, we ask which program needs a bigger pro draft presence. Jason, I'll take all of the above for 500. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, July 11th. I am Spencer Linton alongside the Texas travel specialist and former Rand McNally employee, Jason Shepard. Do you remember the Rand McNally's, the big Atlas maps? Oh, yes, I remember. So, so I was... So, 
Uh, I, w- I will not be packing mine when we hop on the plane for Dallas <laughs> later on today. Your uh, suitcase size atlas. Like, like sir, you, you're going to have to check this third bag. It's got my Rand McNally atlas in there. Can I please take that with me on the plane? We've aged ourselves. <laughs> I know. But I remember vividly. Like trips when we lived back in in Missouri, coming to Utah, or once we moved to Utah, going back to Missouri to visit family. Those long trips. I remember being fascinated by just opening up the maps and just looking at different, yeah. Oh, how the times have changed. (laughs) Google's not syncing right now. Where am I supposed to turn? I I was like, there's no signal here. Come on. That's all it is now. Why didn't Google notify me of this two-minute delay because of this road closure that happened 15 minutes ago? We've become soft, Spencer. Yes, yes. But for that, I'm not going to be uh, too upset about that one. That that convenience is quite nice. Hey, just make sure you're ready to roll and Google's all synced up when we get to Texas, okay? Hey, all I know is... You've got the rental car. Indeed. So uh, hopefully you know where we're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, GPS, help, please. Take us to Jerry World. None of, none of the Michael Scott driving into a river, I promise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, coming up on today's show, we got lots to get to. Spencer was just talking about it. What do we want to learn at Big 12 Media Days? That's obviously coming up tomorrow. Which BYU program needs a bigger pro draft presence? New BYU big man Ali Khalifa talks about choosing BYU and playing tour guide to Mark Pope, who traveled all the way to his home country of Egypt to visit. Plus, women's volleyball was picked to finish second in the Big 12 this season. Aaron Livingston and Kate Pryor stopped by to talk about the summer and the upcoming season. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. The new kids on the block, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, the four new schools for the Big 12 making their first appearance at Big 12 Football Media Days. And in the spirit of new kids on the block, Jason, step by step, we will be implemented into the conference. This is the next step. My question for you today is, what do you want to learn at BYU's initial Big 12 Media Days extravaganza? A lot. There, there are a lot of things that I'm excited to have answers to. One, and it's not really getting a ton of talk, we've heard about this brand refresh, the Big yeah. 12 brand refresh. Now, yeah. we know it's not a, a name change. We know it's not a logo change. At least that's what Commissioner Yormark has said, that it's not either of those. But I'm really curious to know what that means. and Because we know that uh, Commissioner Yormark and the conference have proven that they're going to think big. I I like the idea of what that could mean. So I'm excited to find out what the brand refresh means. The the other thing, obviously, with BYU specifically, but the other three additions to the conference, I I really want to know face-to-face and talking with these guys from opposing teams, head coaches, players, really what they think about the addition, sure. what they think about BYU. I'm excited to be able to sit across from them and ask these questions and their, their thoughts on coming to Provo in the, the late night games and the elevation, like all of those things I'm just excited to have conversations about. You know what I really want to know, but we're not going to find out? Is who's expansion? At, who's at the top of the list of the expansion? <laughs> yeah. Potentials, right? Yeah. Like They may lead with that. Who knows? <laughs> We've ranked the uh, following candidates as such. That's what I really want to know. That's what everybody wants to know. Now, Commissioner Yormark, he answered a bunch of questions. He joined us not too long ago on BYU Sports Nation and discussed that clearly 
he would rather be at 14 teams even after Texas yes. and Oklahoma leave. So, again, that kind of went Big 12 viral, and we created some news here in Studio B, and all of the fan bases that are hoping to have their teams put into a Power 5 or into the Big 12 started to sound off on that. So, yes, that's what we want to know. But, hey, at least he told us he would rather be at 14. So we know. Yeah, he attached a number to it. We know that this probably isn't over. And he also said, again, I want to be in the West Coast. Jason, this all comes down to I feel what happens with the Pac-12 TV media deal. And Brett Yormark will be asked about that yes. tomorrow. Oh, there's He'll no be question. asked about expansion. He'll be asked about the Pac-12 television situation and how it potentially impacts the Big 12 expansion candidates. He'll be asked about it all again, but we still won't know. So that's what I wish yeah. we would find out tomorrow. It's all good. Secondly, and again, we probably won't find out about this either, I want to know what the basketball schedule is going to look like. This is Big 12 football media days. We know the football schedule. Right. We have a pretty good idea of, at least we think, of the teams and what they consist of and, and what BYU is going to face. We have no idea who's coming to the Marriott Center. Right? Well, and, and he said that, like normal, he's expecting it August, September is when we'll yes. see that schedule, right? Yes. Okay, but I digress. Like, I know I'm asking for a lot. Uh, this is me. Yeah, stop being so. Complaining about yeah. my GPS not working fast enough, right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. I get it. Um, I am very interested to speak with Steve Sarkeesian. That is one thing that I'm really looking forward to. The former BYU quarterback. What's his relationship like with BYU? And I know it's only one year that Texas and BYU are going to be in the same league, but. How does he view that? I, I'm excited to learn specifically what the big dog and the preseason favorite Texas and their former BYU quarterback, head coach Steve Sarkeesian, think about BYU's implementation into Power 5 play. Um, I'm sure he'll give a nice political answer, but I still want to ask him the question. So very excited about that. Excited to talk to a bunch of head coaches. Mike Gundy's probably at the top of the list too, yeah. right? He's been a proponent of BYU. He's talked about talk BYU's glowingly about brand. BYU. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear you know, what he thinks about closing the season on Thanksgiving weekend against BYU and how he plans to have his team bounce back. And then maybe just to get a sense of the the future of Big 12 football, will it continue to be a round-robin schedule, whether it's 12 or 14? Are divisions ever going to happen at any point in the future? I don't think they will, Jason, but I'm hoping that question is answered again because divisions are a thing, right? It's still, at least in, in a few Power 5 conferences, is, is that going to remain even if the Big 12 gets to 14 teams again? I, I wonder if the round-robin schedule existed because Texas and Oklahoma right. are staying for one more year. When they leave, like... Are divisions a potential thing? And who's BYU's rival? Like, are we going to learn something? Is someone going to say something? So then we're like, okay, now it's, it's on. like, okay. Now it's on. Oh, you've it's been, you. You've been added to the list. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. It's, I'm really Keeping receipts, I'm just, as the kids like to say. Indeed. I'm looking forward to hearing all of the head coaches and their key players speak about BYU and just their, their perception. Yeah. You know, we like to think that everybody knows about BYU. Coaches do. I don't know the players do. Like, what are the players that are actually going to play the games and compete against BYU think of the Cougars in year number one? I'm also really curious to know which storyline is going to dominate more. Because mm. we're going in with the side of the coin of the additions. Because BYU is part of the additions. Yeah. But you're talking about everybody else who's already been in the conference. Certainly... 
you know, teams that have been there from day one that have been with Oklahoma and Texas, are they focusing more on the subtractions, which is going to carry more weight in what people talk about? Is it losing Texas and Oklahoma or is it the addition? I tend and, and look again, maybe it's because this is the side we're coming from. I tend to believe that the conference is going to want to focus on the positive, which is the four coming in more yeah. than the two that the two are leaving. leaving. Yeah, so I mean. think that's where it will go. But I'm, I'm curious to see how how the narrative from questions you know, are, are divvied up. Is it more about Texas and Oklahoma leaving or is it more about the four additions yeah. and what they bring to the conference? Is Texas finally back? This is the last <laughs> hurrah. Are they actually going to win a conference championship? They were picked to win the league this year. But you bring up a good point, and that brings up a thought from Robbie Triano yesterday, who's a Big 12 Sirius XM radio producer and fan of BYU. He declared it. He's 100% in. Ten toes down. Yes. By the way, did you see his tweet yesterday about the cougar tail? How he said he could eat it in five seconds? (laughs) (laughs) I did. That was hilarious. Also interesting, he said, the worst thing that could happen to the conference is that Texas and or Oklahoma are in the championship game, and if both are in it, then it... It is yeah. DEFCON 1, right? right? Yeah. That, that cannot happen. So he said, root for that not to happen so that there is some type of, I guess, momentum of the remaining teams moving forward into this new Big 12 horizon. I thought that was very interesting. Do other fan bases share that same sentiment as, as Robbie? I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it until he brought it up. Like, do I really care if, big, if Texas and Oklahoma hypothetically were in the Big 12 championship game? I guess I kind of do. I guess I would like one of the teams remaining to be represented there, if not two. You would think the sentiment from those that have been in the conference with Texas and Oklahoma, knowing that they are leaving, would not want them to leave on a high note. Yeah. You would think that would be the case, yeah. that they, everybody would be rooting against that happening. What's, you would think. What's the reception yeah. for Texas and Oklahoma? That is another thing to watch for at Big 12 Media Days. One of the things that we were talking about yesterday on the show was the Major League Baseball draft and whether or not we expected any BYU players to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Both of us said, expect, we probably didn't expect, but we were certainly hopeful. Yeah, 20 rounds. Th- that that somebody would get, and we talked about Austin Deming. Well, congratulations to Austin Deming. He was selected by the Houston Astros in the 10th round, a top 10 round draft pick. Congratulations to him. So it got us discussing this morning in in our meeting, which program on campus, so which athletic program would benefit most from having a bigger presence in a professional draft? Obviously, the one that gets talked about the most is college football, and they drafted into the NFL. Obviously, what we've seen, women's soccer has had several players drafted into the NWSL, playing professionally. Now, volleyball is different. There's not like a professional league here in the United States, but several on the men's and women's side. Volleyball nations. Yes, they play in Europe. Yes, all. So you have that. Baseball recently has had, last year they had four players drafted, five on rosters. So which do you think would be best served to have a greater presence in professional drafts? It has to be BYU men's basketball. I just feel like it's been so long since BYU had a draft pick that they've kind of forgotten what that is like and what it can potentially do for recruiting. You can go back to Jimmer in the spring, summer of 2011, Jason, yeah. to find the last time BYU basketball had a draft pick. And frankly... Over the last 25 years, it has been very, very sparse. Before Jimmer, it was Hafa Araujo in, what, 2005? 2008. 2008. 2008. 
to the Toronto oh. Raptors. No, no, oh, no, five, 2005 because right? he was the eighth pick. That's yes, where he it was is. the eighth pick. Eighth 2005, pick. Yes, okay, yes. and a little before that, Travis Hansen to the Atlanta Hawks in the second round. Other than that, in the 2000s, who's been who's been drafted out of BYU? Three players, Jason, yeah. in almost 25 years, and who's the next guy? Like BYU moving into the Big 12, they're going to need to get a special type of player every now and again to truly help them compete at the highest level. This is the best basketball conference in America with several schools that are placing multiple players into the NBA year after year after year. I mean, just look at Kansas and Baylor and UCF, all represented in the lottery this year, right? There were four players drafted out of the Big 12 in this year's NBA draft. Grady Dick yeah. out of Kansas yes. was taken 13th yeah, overall. Lottery. You had Jalen Wilson also from Kansas okay. that, were ta- that was taken in the first round. Keontae George, who's killing it right now in summer yes. league for the Jazz. Second rounder. Yeah. And no, no, he was first rounder. Yeah, he was first rounder. Yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. first rounder. And then um, and Keontae Johnson uh, from K-State okay. was in the second round. Okay, I mean, yeah, yes. So there you had four. Now, that doesn't even take into account, and this brings – it's another tie into the Jazz – UCF now wasn't in the Big 12 last year, UCF but they counts. Are, but Taylor Hendricks, ninth overall pick so five, by the Jazz. Five picks. That's five picks. Five picks out of that conference. There are what, 60-ish picks in the There's 60. 60. Okay, yeah. hey, five of those from one conference. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. Okay. So I feel like BYU, they would benefit the most just to help build recruiting. Hey, you can come and play at the Marriott Center in the best basketball conference in America in this magical environment. We can develop you, and you can reach the NBA. It just has not happened for BYU yeah. a ton. I feel like they would benefit the most from having an NBA draft pick at some point in the near future. That's not to say that BYU can't have a great team without an NBA guy, because if you rewind to 2020, when COVID shut down that magical team, sadly, Yoli Childs, Jake Toulson, TJ Haas, Alex Barcelo, Zach Selyus. None of those guys were NBA draft picks or played in the NBA for that matter, Jason, but they all were like high-level professional basketball potentials in Europe. And most of them did have a stint, if not multiple, or are still currently playing in Europe or Asia. So it's not like the end-all be like you have to have an NBA guy or you're not going to be a good team. That's not the case. Did Davies win a championship? Did, oh, did Brandon Davies. Yeah. So, so you have Davies and Elijah Bryant that have won championships, but they were not drafted. No, but but right. I'm saying yeah. that's that kind of that draws attention to your program. Sure. So being able to play professional basketball, and I agree with you, the answer probably is is basketball. The the only thing that would keep me from being ten toes down on basketball <laughs> is <laughs> is the highest profile sport. Mm-hmm. Is on in college is football. Yes, but I feel like they're doing a good job. But no, I agree. But the the more draft picks that they get, it's it's such it's such a higher profile that I, I think a case could be made that still it, it might maybe football, even though they're killing it right now with that, especially quarterbacks. You're looking for three years in a row, you'd have a quarterback drafted because we're assuming Keaton Slovis is going to have an unbelievable year and get drafted. Wow, three quarterbacks in a row, nine draft picks yes. in the last three years. But the, the answer, I agree with you, probably is basketball, especially because of the league it's going into where you've got not only 
you know, multiple teams that have players drafted every year, and you're talking about blue bloods like Kansas that's in your conference, but you're talking about teams that have won national championships within the last five years. Yes, yes. Yeah, football makes the biggest impact. Like, football has is probably... You're probably getting the most notoriety from yes, football draft yes. picks. has the most exposure, yes. for sure. And again, this BYU is benefiting from this. We're talk, If we're just talking just straight, like, who would benefit the most from just having a bigger presence? Say, I feel like BYU football has a decent presence yes. in the draft yes. now. Like, they're, it's okay. Sure, it would be amazing if it were bigger. Basketball has been so sparse. That's why I kind of went that direction. The last draft pick was Jimmer Fredette. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Three draft picks in the last, what, 25 years? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think you're right. Oh, man. I think you're right. Our question of the day, back to Big 12 Media Days. We're headed there tonight. We will be live from Jerry's World in Texas, in Arlington, I believe. Arlington, Texas. Okay, in Arlington, technically, Dallas area, tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. Our question of the day, we would like you to help us with this. What's the one question you want answered most at Big 12 Media Days. Nolan Mickelson on Facebook says, how does Steve Sarkeesian feel about facing his alma mater this year? You agree with me. I can't wait to ask Sark that question and just kind of gauge his relationship with BYU and, and how he views his alma mater. I mean, he's, a big, he's big time, right? He's yeah. a big time coach with a big time resume. How does he feel about facing the Cougars? BYU Sports Nation, we've been talking about it, hitting the road to Arlington for Big 12 Media Days. We'll have you covered with interviews with Kalani Satake, Keaton Slovis, Cody Epps, and a number of other head coaches and players from other Big 12 teams. Make sure to catch us tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, noon Eastern, on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Up next, men's hoops transfer Ali Khalifa makes his Studio B debut. What was his one-day visit from Mark Pope in Egypt like when he came to visit his family? And why did he pick BYU over Florida? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Here are what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Outlet to Watson, Watson rejected! Waterman, Watson three, got it! Here's Hall, Atiki's got it! It's a new day and a new venture for BYU men's basketball as they push into the toughest basketball conference in America in the Big 12. Welcome back to Studio B alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Now, we're bringing up men's basketball because yesterday we had the chance to speak with one of the newest BYU basketball big men, Ali Khalifa, who was a transfer from Charlotte. He's originally from Egypt. And listen, there were some real suitors after him in the transfer portal. Why did he pick BYU and what makes his relationship with Coach Pope so special? This is Jason and Spencer, two-on-one with Ali Khalifa. Ali, it's great to have you in Provo and to have you in Studio B. Finally, we've been very excited about this moment, a chance to talk with you. Now that you're in Provo, uh, how much has it taken you to get acclimated to uh, the new area and to Utah and to Provo and BYU? I mean, not much, just um, uh, not a long time. Obviously, I've been here for two, three weeks. Um, it's been fun. Uh, the guy's been taking me everywhere. My best friend and my, my girlfriend came to visit me. 
So we kind of just climbed a couple mountains and um, went around <laughs> Provo, around Utah. Um, it's pretty fun, great people. Like everybody just look at me smiling and saying hi. And some people recognize me, but not, not a lot of them yet because I haven't played yet. But um, yeah, it's been great. So obviously, you know, you, it became public that you were going to come to BYU. It's been a while. So you've had some time to have it sort of settle in. What, what's it like now where you're, you're getting closer to the season? It's becoming more and more real. You're here, all that stuff. It's just exciting. Just since I committed in April, I believe, it's just like I just want to come out here and practice with the guys and work out and get in the weight room and like get better every day with the guys here. And I feel like I'm just living it right now. Like what I thought a month ago I was home, I was just so excited to come back to Provo to practice. And obviously like this summer goes by so fast for college athletes and yes. we're just gonna be in season in, in short time. I'm just really excited for the Big 12 and to just to play with the guys and compete at the highest level. You've chronicled uh, in a few accounts why you chose BYU and your relationship with Mark Pope, but our audience uh, would love to kind of get some more detail in that regard. So let's let's go back to the moment you entered the transfer portal and BYU came into the picture. What what was that moment like and, and what initially attracted you about BYU? Yeah, it was it was different. I didn't expect BYU would reach out, to be honest. Like I expected, I expected a couple of schools would reach out. They were, I really thought they were like, they will reach out. I didn't really think BYU will reach out. I didn't know BYU was going to the Big 12. So that's the first thing Coach Nick texted me when he recruited me. We were going to the Big 12. So that was the main attraction of, of uh, the recruitment process. Um, we had a Zoom like a day after they texted me. It was so quick. Um, it was just like I had it. It was so clicking, especially in the Zoom call when Coach Pope was asking my sister a lot of questions. He wasn't really recruiting me. He was kind of recruiting, <laughs> kind of recruiting my sister. And um, I was in Ramadan too. I was fasting. Yeah. Came out of here. Coach Paul fasted with me one day. I actually said that one time. He fasted with me on Friday morning till 8 p.m. So that was so cool from him. Just says a lot about him as a as a person before being a coach. Um, obviously the basketball stuff just fitting in the system, and they haven't had a, like a six eleven big man in a while. Yeah, it's like, been a while, Ali. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can pass and shoot. Uh, that's very different than the style of play here. So I feel like that will fit in together, especially in the Big 12 with these athletic, athletic bigs. Um, and yeah, just watching film with Coach here, coming on the visit was great. Um, I had another visit the week after to Florida, and, and I felt like BOU was the right place to be, and I committed right away after my visit, um, my visit to Florida. And obviously, Coach Pope is just great. He's just like a big brother for me. Mm. I mean, like we talked about before, he came to all the way to Egypt just to see my family. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a coach do that. Even in Egypt, my coaches never saw my family. So it says a lot about him. He's, he's a great guy, fun guy. Um, he's very different, so that's what I really like about him. Yeah. Well, and look, he, he went all the way to Egypt to see your family. He's only there for a couple of hours. What did you do with Coach Pope? Because I'm sure, obviously, you, you want to kind of show him where you're from and some of those things. What, what do you do with Coach Pope for those couple hours? Yeah, he, he came to Cairo first. So he never texted me when he arrived. So I thought. So you didn't know he was coming? I knew he was coming, but I knew his flight. He never texted me when he got to the hotel. It was like 2 a.m. And I kind of got worried a little bit. He <laughs> faced on me in the morning at the pyramids. So it's kind of, I was like, oh, all right. I was like, oh, all right. Like, like come you're, on, you're using a Zoom background. Are you I get serious? Did exactly. you do one of those? Yeah. <laughs> then he drove all the way to Alexandria. And I don't know if you guys know, driving in Egypt is really hard. Mm -hmm. I was so surprised he actually rented a car and drove all the way. Wow. As soon as he came, he parked his car. We got in our car because I didn't trust him driving in Egypt, to be honest. <laughs> 
And now my By the way, <laughs> Egypt, uh, did they drive on the right side or the left side of the road? No, the same as here. Okay, so all right. Okay, it right. Just, there's that no, hurdle is taken out of the way then. There's no rules, so it's just really <laughs> confusing. But um, I don't drive in Egypt. I get scared, to be honest. But my sister drove us around. We went to my old house, the house I grew up in. And we went to my old school um, just to see around. I haven't been there in years, so it was very surprising for me too. I was like getting back memories. And went to my sports club. We saw the basketball courts. Then we went to eat with my family. It was really good. We had some great meals. And um, we went straight to my house just to talk and eat dessert there. Uh, he tried a lot of new stuff. Um, we went to the like this big castle of Alexandria. It's kind of like historical, like Muhammad Ali, like the great, not not the boxer. He's uh, another guy. He okay. built it <laughs> uh, yes. because he got Coach Pope got confused when I told him that. And then we went to a mosque. He just saw around, yeah. and he drove back to Cairo to take the flight back. So it was, it was pretty cool. It felt like it's a long time, but it wasn't. It was actually like five, six hours, but it was really like really cool. My family loved him, and my sister obviously met him before, so wow, it was it was great. It's fantastic. Ali Khalifa is with us on BYU Sports Nation, one of the new big men for BYU basketball as the Cougars transition into the Big Twelve. You've talked a lot about how you felt at home and the cultural fit here in Provo. And I know you share some things in common with Atiki and Foos, and you have a Muslim backdrop, so. Why is it that the culture works for you here in Provo? I feel like the, both the religions are very similar to each other, yeah. I would say, and in some way. And um, I just felt like home is just very safe here. Where, wherever I've lived before, it wasn't that safe in Charlotte, to be honest with you. But it's very, just very safe. People are just great. They just Whenever you walk around and see people smiling at you, saying hi to you, even they don't know you, but they're just saying hi to you because they're nice people. And um, even the team, just everybody inviting me, inviting me to their house, inviting me to see their families, and it just it just feels like home. It's just I never had this before, and it was it's just great to see. Like in three weeks here, I've been to a lot of places with the guys. Um, I feel like the guys and the people here that makes it home, mm. but also like the environment. You feel like there's not a lot of places to go. It's like it's kind of like from the house to the school. You just get better every day. And you also can have fun with the guys, hang out with them every day. So I feel like just like the connection with the guys and the coaches and the people here in Provo is just really good. As well as, like I said it before, whenever I committed and posted on Twitter, I never had this many followers and reaches <laughs> ever in my life. It was crazy. It happens quickly. It happens right. really quickly. And that makes me feel like home whenever I see like about 4,000 comments just saying welcome to the family. just makes me feel good. Well, you already talked about how much of an influence going to the Big 12 was in making your decision. And obviously being able to play in that conference, anybody would love that opportunity. So let's, let's focus on the team itself. What do you make of this team as it's, as it's starting to build its way into this first year in the Big 12? I mean, so wait, can you repeat the question a little bit? Just uh, what, what do you make of this team? And I know you've only been here a little bit, but yeah. what do you make of your teammates as, as you guys embark on this, on this new journey into the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, we're really excited. We work out every day just... We know we go to the Big 12, so it's kind of <laughs> like the best, for me, in my opinion, is the best conference in America. The teams in it are really good. Especially we agree. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the guys really, we working hard every day. Like we do a lot of a little scrimmages. I'm not in it 100% right now, but even when we play with each other, even if I'm not playing, I get the guys, we're like, Ali, we're really excited to play with you. We're really excited to play together. And all we talk about is the Big 12. Like teams are not expecting us to do a lot in the Big 12, especially in men's basketball. And that's really exciting for us. It's just like it's just motivating that 
teams are doubting us and we are a really good team. I feel like we got the right pieces on the transfer portal. Obviously with Quiz and Dawson and the guys who are returning, we have a lot of returning guys, a lot of experience, as well as young guys. It's kind of weird, there's a lot of sophomores and juniors on the team. And with fifth year seniors, with seniors, it's just really exciting to see this group come together and just compete in the Big 12 because like you gotta, if you want to be the best, you gotta go through the best, and I feel like the best teams are in uh, the Big 12 conference. I'm really, I'm just really excited. Ali, I've watched your tape and I've talked with the coaches at length, and obviously they're very excited about a number of things that you do and you bring to the floor, your ability to shoot. But I think everybody always kind of comes back to, have you seen this guy pass? Like he can pass the ball at an elite level. So at 6'11". When did that become a thing for you where you're like, I'm pretty good at this and I could, you know, make a career out of this? Yeah, I feel like before I left home when I was 14, 15, it kind of came in a way that uh, Ali's never going to be the most athletic guy on the court. So I needed to find another way to be one of the best guys on the court. Um, I just love seeing my teammates happy and scoring and whoever. Everybody loves scoring, obviously. And I just see them making a shot or making a three like making a layup, dunk, whatever, it just makes me really, really happy. And I feel like in Australia too, they really developed me on this. Especially we played with guys like Josh Giddy. obviously he's a great passer, 6'8 point guard. And it was really just coming together that, oh, I'm actually a really good passer. I can see the court mm -hmm. from other angles that some point guards don't even see. And it just kept developing this. And in Charlotte, I had a redshirt year. Uh, I was on scout team just passing the ball every time. <laughs> and Really like Coach Sanchez and Coach Ferrand really took the moment to sit with me to tell me that I need to get a little selfish because <laughs> they're like, oh, you're so unselfish, like I'm passing on layups just to pass the ball. But I feel like that was just my advantage all the time, shooting and passing. Um, I feel like I passed it better my freshman year than last year. Um, but I mean, I see the court, I see everybody on the court, and I think that's the biggest advantage I have, especially in the Big 12 with this all athletic bigs. Um, coming after me because I can shoot and then we're going to get a lot of backdoor cuts and a lot of, I mean, we were a very good three-point shooting team. That's where it was being three weeks here. We, re we really shoot the ball, everybody. So it's, it's really exciting. I'm really excited to play with the guys and give them a couple of assists. Well, the role of a big man has changed so much. Yeah. Even, I mean, certainly 10, 20 years ago, but even three to five years ago, yeah. you know, it's what you were talking about. It's bigs handle the ball. They, they assist. They shoot from the perimeter. It, it sounds like that's your game. That the the modern big is what you are. Yeah, I feel like whenever I was home, I was doing this stuff. Everybody's like, oh, "Whoa, like bigs don't do that, <laughs> dunk the ball and, and layups and stuff." But I felt like the game is going. It was going toward this way with like Jokic doing this stuff and Anthony Davis and these people like they handed the ball as well as they shoot the ball. Um, yeah, I feel like every big in the NBA right now, they can do all this yeah. stuff. Like the best two bigs are Joel Embiid and Jokic, and that's all they do. Yes. Um, yeah, just the game has changed, and I, I got to get better every day how the way game has changed. So. Are those the two guys you try and emulate, Jokic um, and not, Embiid? Not a lot of Embiid, to be honest. He's way more athletic, but um, Jokic been. Sure. Growing up was Dirk Nowitzki, and then it changed to Jokic. Um, the way he passes the ball just... Like whenever I was watching, I was like, oh, I want to be like this guy. Yeah. And um, I mean, he's the best player in the world right now, basketball player in the world. So, How yeah. big is basketball in Egypt? I mean, how, how much are you able to pay attention to college basketball or the NBA and that kind of stuff? I mean, gr growing now it's way better. Growing up, it wasn't 
that much. It was just like my dream is to play for the national team. I play in a sports club team and sign a contract, whatever, in Egypt. But I feel like growing up, just see people like there's a lot of people my age traveled before me. So I was like, oh, I'll just take the chance. I got a scholarship in Australia. Why not just try it? And like just growing up, we didn't watch much NBA. We didn't have Indian. We don't have ESPN or anything like that just to watch like NBA games. I mean, we knew players, we knew LeBron, we knew Dirk, sure. Michael Jordan, whatever, but we didn't have we didn't have that much like, oh, let's watch YouTube, let's go watch NBA. And, <laughs> but now it's better. The game is getting more popular now. That's what I really like. Um, all the kids now watch the NBA, they get all the shoes and stuff. It's pretty cool to watch, actually. I wish I was that happened when I was younger, but I'm glad it's happening right now. So. Ali Khalifa is with us on BYU Sports Nation, new big man for the Cougars. What have your teammates and coaches told you about playing in front of a packed Marriott Center? Um, Coach Pope told me I would cry probably first game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm really excited. I mean, in Charlotte, we had, we had a great student, student fans. I don't want to talk crap or anything. Sure, but, sure. Um, they, they were pretty cool. It's just because I was, I mean, like Foos here is like fan favorite because he's international. I get it because back in Charlotte, that was me. Um, just the fans like, chanting my name every game and whatever I do, they just get happy. And I thought that was a lot of fans. And then I knew, I always knew BYU fans are like crazy. And there's a lot of them, obviously, the student section and it just goes wild. I'm just really excited. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. It's just, yeah. it's gonna be obviously a little, ner I'll be a little nervous the first couple of games, obviously, just to see around, there's about 18,000, 19,000 people sitting. Um, I'm just really excited. I never played in, the biggest arena I played it with, uh, Spectrum Center, Charlotte, mm -hmm. but there wasn't that much fans, so that's, the, that's probably going to be the most fans that will be in front, so I'm really excited. I'm excited for the fans to chant, Ali, Ali, <laughs> uh, it's going to be great, man. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, the energy in that building is, is something special. Yeah. Hey, uh, needless to say, we're thrilled to have you here. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit us in uh, Studio B, and um, just so you know, when you visit the show, we give you BYU Sports Nation karma. Okay. It's just good luck for it's a real you, thing. It, it's real. It's it real. It's documented hundreds of cases. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Okay. So now you have it, and if that's just uh, getting through the summer and workouts and good health and and getting into school, then so be it, man. But uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was fun. Yep. Ali Khalifa, BYU men's basketball. What a humble budding star for BYU. And frankly, I want him to be a little more selfish. Take Look, a few more shots. Yeah, he he's going to be an a very important piece to BYU and what they're building yeah. heading into the Big 12. He, his skill set is exactly not only what BYU needs, but exactly where this game is going. We talked about that in the interview. His ability to pass as a big man is, is, is what bigs do yeah. now. It's just, it's just part of it. Everybody has to have guys that can do that, and he's proven he can. All right, let's keep it rolling. All right, if you miss any interviews, Deep Blue shows or games, you can always find them on BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. Still on the way, more BYU basketball with center Atiki Ali Atiki, who may soon jump out of a gym, literally. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, Jason and I spoke with BYU women's volleyball stars Erin Livingston and Kate Pryor to get their take on being picked to finish number two in the Big 12 media poll. Here's that combo. Great to have both of you fabulous women with us on BYU Sports Nation once again. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks and for Kate, having us. Welcome initially to the show. Thank you. All right. <laughs> you just got back uh, with competing with the United States National Collegiate Team. Um, so just we'll start with the general how was it question. Erin, uh, we'll have you answer first, and then we'll talk to you, Kate, about yeah. that. Yeah. It was so fun. It was such an awesome experience. We had a group of 20 girls there, so we got to get really close with everyone and play a lot of volleyball, so it was super fun. And it was really awesome getting coached by a group of um, women, uh, our women staff, so. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Kay, how was the experience for you? Yeah, it was, it was so amazing. I did not expect to be there, but I made it, <laughs> and it was super cool. I got to meet a lot of cool people and learn from amazing coaches, and yeah, it was just awesome. What were the practices like? Because everybody talks about those, like that, you know, those, those are some of the most important, you know, times that you guys will, will be together. And a lot of times it rivals some of, the, some of the games that you would play down the line. But those practices can get pretty intense, right? Yeah, there's tons of playing just the whole time. You know, we work on the technical stuff, serving and passing, but lots of playing. So it's fun. Yeah, for sure. What was like, it like to have your coach there? Okay. Kind of, really kind of cool. watching over everything, Kate. Yeah, like cause yeah. that's a unique experience. I mean, you're in a, you're in a new environment, but still, there's some familiarity yeah. with, with Coach Olmstead. So what was that like? Yeah, no, I think it was a cool way to connect with Heather in another way and kind of see her lead out in a different um, environment. And it was just kind of cool to see her do her thing. Does she ease up on you in that in that, <laughs> in that setting, or is she tougher on you because? Because of uh, where you play. Yeah, how is that? Is there preferential actually... <laughs> treatment? <laughs> no, we didn't get special treatment, but yeah. she was awesome. I, it was actually fun getting to ask her a lot of questions, you know, get better at that different level with her. So she was a great leader the whole time, and it's fun. Outstanding. Yeah. Kate, where do you feel like you got you improved the most from this camp? Man, I feel like I served a lot, so I feel like – Serving wise, I learned a lot about my serve and obviously just being more competitive and learning new things. Nice. Aaron, same question for you. Yeah. Where do you feel like you got better the most? Yeah, I just feel like all the girls there are huge, you know, put up a huge block. And so I would say just swinging high and hard every time, just with those bigger blockers. And then, like Kate, and Kate said, we did a lot of serving and passing. And so in that area as well, I got better at so. This question would be for both of you as well. You guys talked about the experience that it was and what it meant to you. How can you take what you learned there and then have it translate it to, uh, to the Smithfield house when the season begins? Yeah, I think one of my favorite things I learned there was just holding your team to a high standard and holding people accountable in a kind way. You know, they're your teammates and you love them. But um, it was just such a cool opportunity to see the high level there and just everybody, even though you didn't know them, holding each other to that high standard. Yeah, I'd kind of say the same thing. It's super competitive and it was just cool to see how you can just learn from different people. And I kind of want to bring that back to Smithfield House, learn from my teammates and just grow together. All right, Aaron Livingston, Kate Pryor with us on BYU Sports Nation as we look ahead to now BYU women's volleyball in the Big 12 picked to finish second in the Big 12 preseason poll. Oh. And not every sport is going to enter a Power 5 conference and then just, like, be vaulted to that <laughs> level. 
But this is where BYU women's volleyball is as a program. That's a credit to you and so many athletes and the coaching staff and Coach Olmstead. But how do you feel about being picked to finish second in the Big 12? It's exciting. I mean, it's a huge honor. And all I can say is we're just really grateful, um, excited to go play really good teams. And so it's just a huge honor that, you know, people see us at that level. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's super exciting. And um, I think we're just really excited to show the Big 12 what we're about and who we are. So sure. it's going to be exciting. Does it bother you a little bit that you're not number one? <laughs> I wondered about You're that. so close. Yeah, I wondered about so that. close. So close. Well, oh, awesome. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Aaron, one of the other things that, that happened for you personally, you and Whitney Bauer named to the to the preseason All Big 12 team. What did that mean to you? Yeah, that's an honor too. I was when I heard that, I'm just like, that's I'm so grateful to be named that, and I'm just excited to keep getting better to help my team win and win in the Big 12. I'm calling my shot. I think Kate's going to be on that postseason Oh, team. yes. Oh, for you sure. With, are you with me there? hundred <laughs> percent. The Big 12 will take notice. Yes. Right? Like, they, they will notice very quickly. I love it. Okay. Uh, when you look at the schedule, um, what jumps off the page immediately as, as you look at uh, the entirety of the volleyball schedule? I just see a ton of great teams. Like, it's just going to be so fun. At USA, we played with some of the girls that are at Baylor, Houston, and they're just incredible athletes, incredible teams. And so it's just going to be a really high level that we're really excited about. Yeah, same. I'm just, I'm excited to play Texas, the yes. national champions. And also all the other schools, they're amazing. It's just going to be super exciting to play at a really high level in the Big 12. Is that really what it boils down to? It's just a, a higher level of competition? Because obviously volleyball is volleyball. And there may be some, you know, things that, you know, strategically that, that change, but you guys go in, you pick second. They obviously know how good the program is. I mean, what, what really is, is the biggest difference heading into the Big 12 for you guys? Yeah, I just, I think for me and our team, it's just everyone's so good. Everyone has that high level, you know. A lot of teams are in the top 16, Elite Eight, that are in this conference. And so, yeah, just high level. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> high level, for sure. You mentioned you cross paths with some players that you're, going to see yeah. in, in conference play, uh, whether that's head-to-head -head or whatnot, maybe in a tournament later down the road. But was there, I mean, was there any fun jabbing at that point? Oh. Like, <laughs> it. Actually, it was fun. Our roommate, so we yeah. had like three to a room and our roommates from Baylor. And so cool. we would talk about it. And there was no jabbing. It was just like, we're really excited to see each other again and okay. get to play each other. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm kind of buying that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been the jet setters, though. You guys had your foreign trip this, this summer. Tell everybody where you guys went and what that experience was like. Yeah, that was awesome. We went yeah. to Egypt, Turkey, and Greece. And we went a little bit to Paris, too, for yeah. a day. Kate, was it your idea to get on the camels? <laughs> yeah, and it was all my idea. No. <laughs> but it was so fun. It's probably my favorite part, the camels. Yes, yeah. the camels were so cool. It was just an unreal experience. I can't. I still can't believe we went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just surreal stuff. The backdrops of the pictures that were coming oh to us here as you were experiencing that, we were like, what in the world? Yeah. That, that is like an epic bucket list trip. But what did it do for you 
as a team, as Jace was alluding to, what, what did it do for your chemistry as a team? Yeah, I think we just had even stronger connections than we've had before. And a lot of new like freshmen that have come in, they were there with us and we got to learn more about them and get close with them and just closer together, the whole team. Did you have a favorite part of the trip, Kate? You, I mean, you said you liked the camels. Yeah, I think my favorite place was probably Greece, but um, I think the camels were for sure my favorite part. What's the jet lag like coming back from a trip like that? <laughs> oh, or going to Vietnam? I've never imagined it's probably pretty difficult coming back to the yes, States. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty bad. I like could not, well, I would like wake up at four and then oh, man. sleep forever. It was so bad. But when we were going there, we played Egypt pretty soon right after and we were all jet lag. Like it was pretty crazy, but it was fun. Like it's a fun experience. <laughs> What's the flight time for something like that? Um, so like 10 hours yeah. was like our way back. Was, yeah, like 11. Close 11. to the same yeah. on the way there. Yeah, listen, you're gonna have a bunch of layovers, you're gonna be exhausted, <laughs> yes. and you need to go play the Egyptian national team. And we're gonna yep. need you to perform at a high level, okay? <laughs> Super, <laughs> simple. Yeah. Super simple. Super <laughs> simple. Yeah. Uh, that's a great experience. Yeah. Well, congratulations uh, to both of you on a fun trip. Great summer um, and your individual honors as a team for being picked to finish second. Too. Cannot wait to watch BYU compete in the Big 12. So let's give you some BYU Sports Station <laughs> karma. Take it, get ready, and uh, we'll be underway before you know it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Big 12 Media Days from Arlington, Texas. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. This interview segment is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. And it features one of the premier defensive linemen in all of college football. He is Dante Corleone from Cincinnati. Dante. They call him the godfather for good reason. Yeah, let's go. What's welcome up, welcome to the doing? show. Thank you for having me. Well, what do you think of this Big 12 madness? Now that Cincinnati's uh, making the Power 5 jump, and you're welcomed here at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, uh, it's something new, you know, coming out now. It was different last year, you know, being on Zoom. But I, I like the environment. You know, it's a blessing being here. All the great teams paid the way for us to be here, so... We're blessed. It's a blessed, uh, good feeling to be here. As a Cincinnati guy, what's it like for Cincinnati to get into the Big 12 now? Um, I don't think, I mean, we're glad to be here, but, like, that's over. Like, after we take the flight back home, it's time to compete. You know, we go to higher ground in Indiana, somewhere we, we it's just nothing but football, and we bond. So that's our, that's what we're going to be focused on as soon as I, we get back. I mean, Bearcats football is only two years removed from making a run to the college football playoff. Yes, sir. So, I mean, high-level football has happened in the very recent yeah. pass at Cincinnati. A little bit of a step back last year, and you got a new head coach now. So how are you taking a leadership role to try and help the Bearcats get back moving in the right yes, direction? Sir. So since day one, you know, Coach Nico, our strength coach, and then Coach Brown, you know, those guys challenged me. Since day one to be more vocal. You know, I'm a guy people respect because I put the work in. But I was never vocal, you know. I I I would say something to somebody, but it's not allowed. I wouldn't hold them accountable. But since day one, you know, those guys challenged me that in the off season, and I didn't. I uh, I think I got better in that. And then also, he challenged me for my weight. You know, he wanted me to be lean, mean, you know, so I can be a three down guy. 
not be a two-down guy. So those are key points. When they first got here, they challenged me. Uh, 318 pounds. How's the lean coming? Good. Yeah? Yeah. What What do you eat to get more lean? Uh, it's not necessarily what you eat. It's how you just don't overeat. You know, you eat. Uh, one of my strength coaches is like, don't eat to be full. Eat to be sat. Don't be eat. Don't eat to be satisfied. Eat to like hold you for a couple more hours. So that was a big thing for me. So I try not to overeat anymore. Then we run so much now with the new staff. So yeah. I'm running as fast, like probably the fastest I've been in a long time. So okay. I shout out to Coach Nico and his strength coach. That's terrible news for BYU football. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every team you play gets to the big time. I was going to offer you anything you want over here at a snack table. It sounds like that's You're welcome not... to it, but you don't have to take yeah, it if you exactly. don't want to. You, you were the highest-rated defensive player in pro football focus last year. What did that mean to you to get that those good grades? And did you did you agree? Did you feel like you had a great year? For me, I feel like I still like this year. I got way much like to prove. I feel like I didn't really do nothing last year. You know, I was a backup player, just helping my guy out, starting, you know, giving him rest if he needed. So that was kind of my role. But now we switch. You know, he's he's moving to end now, and I'm playing. I'm the starting role. So I'm just kind of like like that's last year. I'm more focused on helping my team in this new defensive scheme because you know I got to be the centerpiece service. So we feel like a puzzle. So if somebody don't do their job it's going to it's going to expose us so everybody got to we got to hold each other accountable we got to communicate in tough environments like BYU for example so we got to be ready for that but we were uh ready to be uh opening up in the nip against uh Eastern Kentucky so it's it's going to be loud and it's going to be fun this year we're looking forward to seeing you in Provo on September 29th we appreciate that wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.